0: the truth news network how about this a sitting congressperson calls for democrats to rein in the supreme court now i'm going to let that sink in for a moment and she's not alone the vice president on the campaign trail promised big changes when democrats retook their quote rightful place at the top of the government end of quote It's time to return to the original model, return to the truth, and we're TNN, the truth news network, and your roadmap into tomorrow is Dan Newman.
1: I kind of think we are the model here at TNN live. (laughs) I hope you feel the same way. Thank you so much for being here. Want to thank you for those of you that come by here every day. Spend as much time as you possibly can with us. Don't take you for granted. Don't ever think we do. We are so thankful to have you as friends to this show. We have a big show today. Second hour, Steve Baker will join us. I'm not even sure what zip code he's in today. But I do know he's in the middle of putting out some bombs for stories. And one of those is published on today's front page, at truthnewsnet.org. If you haven't done it yet, do so sometime today. Truthnewsnet.org. Steve Baker's there. And it's a two-part story that uh, part one is published today. Part two will be out in the next couple of days, and we'll have that for you here. What else do we have going on? There are fireworks everywhere in our government. And every day, it's real important that you get the facts Let me tell you exactly what is happening to many people. There are so many big things that happen every day in our politics. When I say big things, I'm talking about eight hours a day. We're hearing and seeing, if you're listening and watching, all kinds of important things that are coming down. Some of them are good. Some of them, sadly, are not. But what's critical is that you need to know about them. Now, let me tell you what happens typically to most people. You're so busy. You have so many things, important things going on in your life. And I'm not diminishing those things in any way. One of my closest friends called me yesterday. This is somebody that is engaged. I mean, somebody that's intelligent, that thinks through, that does want to make sure that he's in all the right spots when it comes to making political decisions based on political occurrences that happen every day. He's been disengaged for about four days. Very, very busy. He called me, and this is how the conversation starts. He says, well, I guess they've got our man. I said, what do you mean, they've got our man? Are you talking about Donald Trump? And he said, yeah. He said, I was just watching the news a little bit ago, and they say they've got him. They're going to put him under the jail over the mar lago document situation. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. And I said, where did you get that? He said, I just watched a CBS newscast. And they had this in there, and I assumed they got him because here we are. We hadn't heard much about it over the last few months. In fact, haven't heard anything about that investigation since Merrick Garland, the attorney general, appointed that special counsel to look into Joe Biden's classified document dilemma. And I said, they don't have him. They haven't gotten him. And there's nothing new on the document front. And he said, you're kidding. And he said, well, what about this, this trial that's going on in New York? They've got him on forgery, on fraud. They have him. And I kind of snickered and said, where'd you hear that? And he said, in the same newscast. That's the world in which we find ourselves purposely. The people on the left, not just the politicians, not just the media, but all of those groups and others you put them all together, they're out there and they're trying to convince Americans that conservatism is evil. Conservatives are more evil than are their conservative ideals. Don't question the veracity of what I just said. Everything is purposeful. Nothing is just incidental or accidental. It's just not. And they're doing everything within their power to keep Donald Trump from being able to run for office and certainly to keep Donald Trump from winning another four years in the White House. Everything they do, every branch of our government, everything they do is pointing towards that. Now, I don't remember any one of them taking in their oath of office making a commitment that they would do whatever it took to get Donald Trump. I promise I'm going to do whatever I can do to make sure that the orange man never gets back in government. They each pledged an oath to protect and defend the people of the Constitution, to work for those they represent, and to uphold the rule of law. Not one single Democrat that I can think of is actually doing that in any demonstrative way that we can see. Not one. What they're doing is protecting their party, protecting their fellow Democrats, and to do that, they've got to diminish anybody that is not like-minded on political matters. Whether you want to accept what I'm going to say or not, that includes you if you don't agree lock stock and barrel with their theories you're evil you're wicked you don't deserve to breathe the same air as they do they so where are we going in today's show steve baker will join us at the top of our second hour i didn't think he was going to be able to break free today but i'm so glad we connected yesterday late And he assured me that he will be available to us. He'll bring us up to date on much of the J6 stuff and even some other things. And we're going to wade in to what happened yesterday, day one, in the civil fraud trial charade, by the way, that is underway in New York City. We'll get into all those details. But when we come out of the song you're about to hear, I couldn't find a better way to discuss in short the happenings from that trial other than last night, Laura Ingram on her Fox show. She nailed it. And we're going to let her give us the synopsis after this. You recognize the sound of this song, Superstar, Carpenter's big hit. But it's not the Carpenters doing this. Wait a minute, that sounds just like The Carpenters. Listen to The Singer. Just like the Carpenters, does it? It's not. You remember, I played for you some while ago songs originally put out by Chicago. And it's a group from Russia, of all places Leonid and Friends. And they just put that Carpenter song out, Superstar. I heard it first thing this morning and I said, Our people. At TNN Live. They need to hear that. Wow. I can't believe anybody could ever get that close to sounding like Karen Carpenter. And I know all of my friends out there, you'll forgive me. I'm a music guy. I'm a musician. I love music. I like good music. And every day I want to hear a couple of songs. And so, hey, you're hearing a couple of songs with me every day. (laughs) Thanks for tolerating that. So, Laura Ingram on her show last night, the very beginning of it, she does a, uh, a little segment that she calls it, I uh, forget what the title of her segment is, but nevertheless, it is what it is, and um, she hit the nail on the head explaining what's really going on in that civil fraud trial that uh, day one was yesterday with Donald Trump in New York City. And rather than me try to summarize instead, I thought, you know what? I can't say it any better than Laura. Here she is explaining what's happening.
2: Now you may have heard that there's a legal case playing out in New York involving the GOP presidential frontrunner, But the real fraud here doesn't involve overvaluing assets. The real fraud is what we witnessed from New York officials in that courtroom today. We're right off the bat, the presiding judge, Democrat Arthur Angeron allowed cameras into the courtroom for just long enough for them to capture his feigned surprise. And up close his beaming smile, it was weird. And then the fraudulent display continued outside the courtroom when New York uh, Attorney General Letitia James tried to publicly cleanse herself of the appearance of bias. No matter how powerful you are, no matter how much money you think you may have, no one is above the law and it is my responsibility and my duty and my job to enforce it. Well, what we're seeing occur in real time is a rampant abuse of official authority in order to advance a political vendetta. And with Ms. James, this was evident way back in 2018. I'm running for attorney general because I will never be afraid to challenge this illegitimate president. When our fundamental rights are at stake. It's important that everyone understand that the days of Donald Trump are coming to an end. I look forward to going into the office of attorney general every day, suing him, defending your rights, and then going home. If only. Well, of course, the real point here is, if a trial like this is allowed to proceed, who's gonna defend the people against the likes of her? The woman is just another vicious partisan hack, trying to compensate for her lack of talent with an abundance of political vitriol. Instead of being elected state AG, she should have been sanctioned by the state bar for those comments. Now this entire trial is a fraud because to Ms. James, Trump's just a political stepping stone. First from obscurity to AG, and if she gets a conviction from AG to the governor's mansion or the US Senate even. Would she have ever pursued such an idiotic case against a rich, politically powerful Democrat? Of course not. Because it wouldn't have helped her professionally. Yet she thinks the rest of us are as stupid as she is. And so she tries her best Elliot Ness impersonation. Donald Trump and the other defendants have committed persistent and repeated fraud. Justice will prevail. Of course, justice to Ms. James is whatever the far left demands. She doesn't want just want Judge Angorian to find him guilty of fraud. They wanna drive Donald Trump and his business out of New York completely, think about that. And then they wanna force him to sell his real estate holdings. Now in real estate, this is the equivalent of putting someone in stocks. In his own public remarks, Trump called out the fraud within the state, the federal, and all of the judicial system.
3: The crime is against me because we have a corrupt district.
4: Attorney, but we have a corrupt attorney general, and it all comes down from the DOJ that totally coordinated this in Washington because I'm leading, I'm the leading candidate.
2: And of course, the timing of the trial also speaks to the real goal here to keep Trump off the campaign trail.
4: I've been sitting in the courthouse all day long instead of being in Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, or a lot of other places I could be at. This is a Horrible situation for our country. It's never happened before. It's election interference. They're interfering with the presidential election of 2024, and the people of our country see
3: it.
2: We'll examine the legal weakness of this case in moments, along with the obscene $250 million fine being sought. But the ongoing damage being done to the credibility of our legal system, that cannot be understated tonight. Not that they care, they don't. They're too busy salivating over what they see as their death by 1000 cuts way of defeating Trump in 2024. So an unprecedented spectacle in New York today.
3: It is also pretty easy to see why Donald Trump is so unhappy about this trial. In addition to the embarrassment, it hits at the core of the very identity
4: that he is built up. He looks weak, whiny, the grumpy Smurf thing is sulking and
2: pouting and her his way around court. What selfish, silly people. What we're seeing is the destruction of many people's faith in the system. Because this case isn't about Donald Trump. This case is about who gets to make the big decisions for America. And that shows us that today and every day for Democrats, they're plutocratic donors and they're wholly owned media. Democracy means rule by unelected bureaucrats who agree with the Democrats. If you're a Republican, maybe like Mitt Romney, who's generally comfortable with the permanent bureaucracy and you run for president, they'll still attack you as a bad person and do whatever it takes to beat you, but they won't try to destroy you or your family. But if you try to take real power away from the bureaucrats, they will try to destroy your life and even put you in jail. And they're gonna keep doing it until they're beaten so badly that they have no choice but to back down. Let's hope for the country that that happens in 2024 and that's the angle.
1: Let me just tell you this, you need to be watchful every day at the end of the day moving forward there will be so many hearings. I'm talking about in Congress, I'm talking about in courtrooms all across the nation. And you need to go into contemplating what you're seeing and hearing every day to get to the root of what is being said. Now, Laura gave a great synopsis of what happened yesterday and where it obviously is headed. You heard those media pundits there in the middle of it. They weren't giving any factual information. They were all, every one of them, pontificating about Trump personally, not about what allegations there are, not about what the court is saying, because you didn't hear the whole story about that hearing yesterday. In fact, early, early this morning, very early this morning Trump's attorney came forward she was sitting next to the former president in the courtroom yesterday and she explained from the legal perspective what happened in yesterday's first day of this trial
3: Former President Trump headed back into a New York City courtroom today after what he is calling a successful first day. "Quote, good day at trial today, as the judge will be honoring the appellate court's unanimous decision on the statute of limitations. This reduces the case by approximately 80 percent." See you in court on Tuesday morning.
4: Donald Trump's attorney Alina Haba joins us on set now. Alina, good morning to you. Back in court today, uh, but first, let's talk about this decision by the judge yesterday. The former president left in a very very good mood saying that 80 percent of the case is now essentially dismissed. Is that true? And tell us the impact of this. This all has to do with statute of limitations. That's right. So remember, originally, we had a decision that came down from the appellate division in June, which dismissed Ivanka Trump. And in that same decision, they also addressed the fact that there's statute limitations and there's limitations on years that they can go back. Well, that affects the value of the case that they're bringing against them, which, by the way, the case is should be entirely dismissed. That's obviously our position. This judge did not acknowledge it until yesterday when he said, you just spent the entire day wasting my time effectively. 2011 was what we looked at. That is way before. And that is the appellate decision or the appellate division already decided that. So um, it was great. I'm really happy that he acknowledged it. It was a good, it was a good step in the right direction. Mm.
3: But Alina, there is the underlying decision from this very judge that many legal experts don't even know how it carries out in practice. Basically, it appears like this judge is taking away all of Donald Trump's ability to do business. So you're a member of this legal team. If this actually ends up being reality, what happens? Do you know?
4: Sure. It's called the corporate death penalty. That's what we call it anyway. Effectively, it's what the attorney general wants. They want to say that President Trump and not only President Trump, his children and the 850 plus people that work for him will be affected and not able to do. President Trump and the Trump family will not able to conduct business in New York. will have to uh, be dissolved in the state of New York for doing what don't know. They put together a compilation of their values, which then sophisticated banks came in, looked at, and did their own valuations of for loans that he frankly didn't need because his net worth is so high. Uh, But that is effectively what it means. All right, so I'm sure that you're going to want to clear this up because the judge said the reason there's no jury trial is because nobody asked. And now there are all these headlines that say that's because you didn't check the box to ask for a jury trial. So is that true? No, that is not true. Thank you for saying that. So the judge actually what he said, and it's tricky because if you don't understand the section, what he said was under section 6312, there is no right to a jury trial. This is no box checking. And unfortunately, there's been people on the news misleading leading everyone saying that there is a option to check a box and you get a jury. That is wrong everyone. There is no option to check a box. They brought this under a consumer fraud statute it has never been used in this way for a reason because this judge who oversaw the special proceeding has have given them everything they wanted effectively for years and they wanted to keep it in this division as opposed to the commercial division where we would have had a normal judge. So no everyone, <laughs> I didn't forget to check a box. There you go. Okay. Okay, Sorry. so clearing that one up, you're <laughs> back in court today, and yes. Donald Trump's going to be there as well. Yes. And we're expected to wrap, uh, this is going to wrap up in December, so it's going to be a long road ahead. Yes. Alina, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you, Carly. Set. We appreciate it. Thank you. All right.
1: So you got the This Morning update on what's going on in that trial in New York City. Let's step back just for a minute before we move on to other important things. Let's look at the landscape of this entire Witch hunt? I'm taking a term from Donald Trump back when he was impeached twice. You remember those years? (laughs) He got impeached twice. One time he wasn't even in office. All of that put together in context today. Look for just a second at the landscape of what's out there that's still pending. We have this Mar-a-Lago classified document case. We haven't heard anything about it. Special counsel? Nope. Haven't heard anything there. And oh, by the way, just to make matters square to the American public, Attorney General Merrick Garland, when it came to light that former Vice President Joe Biden and former U.S. Senator Joe Biden had a paltry 1,800 boxes of classified documents scattered across four different locations. None of them were secured. That was kind of like, oh, by the way, we forgot to tell you that. Well, that special counsel was appointed months ago. Have you heard anything about that investigation? Not a whimper, have you? Put that in the context, the two. Donald Trump, Mar-a-Lago, Joe Biden, four different locations. One of those was in a garage at his house where he keeps his Corvette unlocked, Documents even scattered around the garage. But here's the conundrum that most Americans aren't recognizing. Donald Trump was president of the United States. There is a whole separate set of rules for classified document handling in the case of a president. Any president has the unilateral authority. It's been proven, tested before. And the Supreme Court came out and clarified it. A president has the sole authority to determine any piece of classified document in his presence, in his possession, becomes unclassified. That being put in place here, Donald Trump didn't break anything about the records the National Archives records rules. What he did was legal. But no vice president, no senator, no one else in government but a president has that authority. Joe Biden didn't have authority to take a single one of those 1,800 boxes of classified documents out of wherever it was in his office in D.C., wherever each of them were, he had no authority to do that at all. Neither, by the way, did former Vice President Mike Pence. They found some documents that were classified that he had. But a sitting president, a former president, has a way, 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 way different permission level. In the context of what's happening in our political landscape, Ask yourself this question and try to come up with the answer. Why, oh why, are all the people on the left, some in government, some in media, some just regular people working across the nation, why are they so desperate to throw everything they can come up with, very little of which is substantive, if any at all, You just heard the former president's attorney say this case should be dismissed in total. Nobody came out and made a big deal about what that judge said. By the way, that judge despises Donald Trump. But that judge said, no attorney said this. The judge said it at the end of court talking to the attorney general for New York, Letitia James. You wasted my day because of the Statute of limitations that has expired on almost all of this, the transactions you're here in this suit prosecuting the former president for, 80% of it cannot even be brought up. We can't even talk about it. The statute of limitations has expired. They are petrified that Donald Trump gets back in the White House. Have you thought that through? I have. Why is the question? Why? I'm not going to answer the question right now. In fact, we're going to listen through this break, and on the other side of this break, I'll give you my opinion of what the heck is going on with the left.
4: Hi, welcome to the subway ad for the 3.99 six-inch sub of the day. How do you want it? Secret
2: DJ set at a retirement home. Weird. I like it.
5: DJ Sandwich in the house. what he say? Italian BMT 3 dollars I called the EMT.
2: Turkey breast $3.99. How much? $3.99. $3.99. Bingo! Oh. Make it what you want. Limited time at participating shops. Prices and subs included may vary. Additional charge for extras plus tax. No additional discounts or coupons applied.
4: At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. We design smarter ways to detect motion for emergency dispatch in seconds. We create HD cameras so you can see what's happening in your home from anywhere, all powered by Fast Protect technology, exclusively from Simply Safe. For faster police response because in here, your safety is the only thing that matters. Advanced home security, 24/7 professional monitoring. There's no safe like Simply Safe.
3: Ladies, we ask your forgiveness. Please forgive Our immaturity, our outbursts of tacky compliments. Forgive our browser history. Forgive our hormones taking control of us. Forgive us for thinking an open shirt is the ultimate weapon of appeal. Forgive us for opening our beers like primates. Forgive for taking a no as a yes. For insisting on playing a guitar that doesn't exist. And please forgive us for never washing our hands. Ever. Schneider, the beer with the exact maturity for the man who's in the process.
1: If you put what's happening with Donald Trump, if you put it in context of what's happening in government what's going on around the world, you can only come up with one answer for the question, why? What is the obvious answer? The answer is they do not want Donald Trump. Sorry about that glitch. They do not want to see Donald Trump back in office. And why would they be so horrified about that? look back at his four years and maybe you kind of dismiss maybe half of the first couple of years because he was getting fought by the rhinos the Republican and Naimoni members of Congress they didn't want to work with him they didn't think he could be successful and they watched and then all of a sudden they realized this guy's getting the things done he promised the people he was going to get done that's the very reason why the left and even a bunch of rhinos in Congress, Republicans, but Republicans in name only, are scared to death that Donald Trump is going to come back and get power again. They label him as an autocrat, as an oligarch, as an authoritarian. They come up with all these names, and when they call him those names, they're actually talking about themselves All you must do is look in the rearview mirrors of those people. What have they done? What have they tried to do in legislation? And then apply the same principle looking into Donald Trump's rearview mirror. You will see Donald Trump is a guy that made a commitment to serve the people and the nation and the rule of law and the Constitution. And in his four years as president, he did exactly that. However, look in the rearview mirror at the eight years of Barack Obama as president, Joe Biden as vice president. Look at what they did and what they didn't do. Look at what they dismantled. Just think about two things. that just immediately popped into my head. Number one, Obamacare. Obamacare. Now, a lot of people out there are looking at Obamacare, and they have been given big bonuses, health care coverage, many of them for absolutely nothing put in. Everybody wants free health care. As a matter of fact, if you tell most people on the planet, hey, You want this? Here. doesn't cost you anything. They're going to take it. They love that. But just because you can do something doesn't necessarily mean you should do it. Everybody points to Medicaid, points to Medicare. That's all freebie stuff. Nobody pays for that. I beg your pardon? I'm 70 years old. I am a Medicare recipient. But being a Medicare recipient, you got to realize every paycheck I got for 40 years, money was withdrawn from my paycheck. The matching amount of that that was taken out of my paycheck that my employer added to it was sent to the federal government. And it was supposed to be deposited in an account that had my name on it, not literally but for my benefit later on. Same thing, Social Security. Every paycheck, a percentage of what I made was withdrawn, and my employer, all the way through my professional career, when I worked for the other guy and when I had my own company and took a paycheck, it was matched and was supposedly put in an account in D.C. for me for my retirement. All of the negativity that goes along with the government giveaways are when the recipients of those benefits never participated in the process but walk up with their hands out. Now, I'm not talking about people that don't have the ability to work. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people that live to bilk the system, to shortcut it. Joe Biden and Barack Obama gave away tens of billions of dollars of benefits to people that shouldn't have gotten it because they were not eligible. Who created this free college tuition thing? Barack Obama. You do realize before the Obama administration, the private sector handled all of the college loans that went out. And they had special rates, special deals for people, but this was an industry that functioned successfully for generations at lending money to people and collecting the money. Of course, Barack Obama becomes president, Joe Biden vice president. Oh, we can do better than these private sector people are doing. They're gouging Americans They had no plans to set up a way to collect the money that had been borrowed, the billions of dollars that had been borrowed by many times students who didn't need to do that. They weren't qualified, they weren't gonna pay the price, and therefore when they borrowed the money they were stuck with loans that they couldn't pay. Now is that the taxpayers' fault? No, but in the old system, the banks did what banks do. They worked with them. They gave them payment plans. They wanted to get the money back. It's the private sector. There's only two ways for a private sector company to be successful. Two ways. You've got to spend less than you bring in for it to be successful. But it's exactly opposite of that when the government holds it. Obama took it over. And look what's happening now. It's turning into a wannabe free system where everybody that knew what they were getting into when they borrowed those college tuition dollars was going to have to be paid back. They're whining now. And it even starts in Congress. Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, New York representative, she's screaming and hollering because she's got unpaid college debt and she wants it to be erased. But in government, my friends, there's no such thing as erasing debt. Well, they call it that. We're going to forgive that loan, it's not forgiven. The government didn't give them something that belonged to the government. The government gave them money that you and I paid into the government to operate the government, not to pay off student debt of millions of people that shouldn't have borrowed that money, but because it was so easy. And now all of a sudden there's a huge shift across the nation in young people even going to college. They're learning, you know what? I don't have to have a college education to make good money. Let me confess something to you. I did not graduate from college. I wish now that I had. I was ready to get out in the world and make a living, and that's exactly what I did. I've had Some pretty good success doing so, too. And I'm thankful for the success that I had. Not everybody thinks that way. Not everybody lives that way. Not everybody's wired that way. But now, more than ever before, there are more and more young people that are realizing you know, I can make a hundred grand doing things that don't require a college degree, four years, and a couple of hundred thousand dollars of college debt. And they're going and doing that and doing it very successfully. There's nothing in life that's free. Nothing free. Somebody pays the price for it. Let's move on. We got to get rolling. Biden's economic approval. I know this will shock you. It has dived to its lowest point during his presidency. His economic approval ratings. Bidenomics, his own name for it have hit an all-time low as his administration still continues to push the claim that Bidenomics is working. Now, this is a poll taken by Investors Business Daily. Monday, Monday, that would be yesterday, approximately 56% of Americans disapprove of Biden's economic policies. Only 24% approve. Now, that's a pretty significant drop from the reported 50% to 31%. The other way, 50% approved, 31% disapproved back in September. That's a big flip-flop, isn't it? The low ratings underscore the problems that are straining our economy. As inflation, it's still going up in spite of what they tell you from Washington. Inflation is going up while wages are by and large falling. Uh Uh-oh. So here's the kind of message you get about all that. Corrine Jean-Pierre from the White House podium. Quote, Bidenomics has worked so well that you have Republicans in their own districts taking credit for things that the president pushed forward. It's kind of like, you know, bury your head in the sand, act like it didn't happen. And that means it didn't happen. (laughs) You and I both know that's not the case. Here's what else she said. Bidenomics is working. Unemployment is near historic lows. Inflation has fallen about two-thirds. Wages are rising. Job satisfaction is at record high. The midterms and recent special elections showed Americans favor this president's vision for growing the economy from the middle out and the bottom up over congressional Republicans' trickle-down economics. Well, the economy growing from the middle out and the bottom up, I wish somebody would call me and explain to me what the heck that means. I can't wrap my brain around it. Middle out and the bottom up. (laughs) That's a Joe Bidenism. That's all I can say. Only 16% of your fellow Americans say their wages are keeping pace with inflation. 16%. 61% are living paycheck to paycheck. The IBD tip financial stress index jumped 2.4 points. It's up to 70.5, higher than the 69.8 reported in April three years ago at the height of the COVID pandemic. Any reading above 50 indicates rising stress. We're up to 70.5%. Where are the investors well they've turned from generally positive to negative on their approval of Biden going from 56% approval in September now down to 45%. That's in a month people. 56 to 45% approval of Biden's overall performance as president. I mean the whole thing. Foreign policy, economics, everything rolled in. It's dropped From 41% in September to 36% in October, 5 percentage points in one month. Biden's approval rating sat at 55%. 55% January 21st, 2021. That's the day he was inaugurated president. Went from 55%, now he's at 36%. How can they keep this guy in office and prop him up to run for four more years? Uh, If you're a regular, you know, I don't think it's going to happen. Among the desperate attempts by those on the left, the legacy media, uh, the political class, even the rhino Republicans to stop Trump from running for office, you knew it was inevitable. The Supreme Court has weighed in they declined to hear the appeal of a little-known 2024 Republican presidential candidate who's trying to remove Donald Trump from the election ballot. John Anthony Castro. I've heard the name, but I don't remember who the heck he is, but he was he was a 2024 Republican presidential candidate. He filed lawsuits in several states claiming Trump is ineligible to hold office under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, which bars any official who took an oath to the Constitution and then engaged in insurrection. That phrase is in the 14th Amendment. Engaged in insurrection. They can't run from office. Castro asked the Supreme Court in August to hear his case after a federal district court in Florida dismissed it due to lack of standing. And now the justices at the Supreme Court said, we're not even going to hear your case. He argued that without judicial relief, Trump would siphon off votes in violation of the 14th Amendment. Castro will further suffer irreparable competitive injuries if Trump, who is constitutionally ineligible to hold office, now this is according to his petition, is able to attempt to secure votes in primary elections and raise money. Trump's constitutionally unauthorized undertaking will put Castro at both the voter and donor disadvantage. Here's the problem. The only problem that matters to all these people that are saying Trump's ineligible. He's ineligible because he engaged in insurrection. You do understand that in all of the charges included in the indictments against him, he's never even been charged for being engaged in insurrection. And of course, this is the United States of America. I'm sure you know that. And we're all innocent unless and until we're proven guilty about something in a court of law. So why are these people in court? I think we have 11 different states that have suits filed. It may be more than that. It may be a little less than that. But it's about a third, of, in a third of the states somebody's trying to get Trump deemed to be ineligible. Let me say this. If and when the Supreme Court gets involved in it, and if any state does take that action to keep him off the ballot, it will end up going very quickly to the Supreme Court. It'll never stand. I can see a scenario when if somebody filed that and appealed it to the Supreme Court on an emergency basis, the same day they get it, they'll come back and deny that it can be done. Because the Constitution says only if a person who took an oath to the Constitution and then engaged in insurrection would be ineligible. Everything I heard, everything I heard, and if you were tuned in during and after the January 6th craziness that happened, nobody could point to anything that Donald Trump did or said that could even be remotely tied to insurrection. That's why he hasn't been charged. Those on the left today, they don't need any facts. They don't need any examples of real things. They feel like, and this, if you read the story last week that I penned about the Democrat Party becoming the oligarch and their policies are oligarchy, I explained it in detail what that is, Because of that, they think you don't have to have any facts or evidence just because we're who we are. If we say it's real, you got to believe it's real and take the action that we tell you you got to take because we said it. We're the oligarchs in the United States of America, and everything we say is factual.
4: Get cracking and feel unbeatable with new Omelette Bites from Duncan: Bacon and cheddar or egg white and veggie. Made with cage-free eggs and packed with protein. Take on the day with new omelet bites from Dunkin'. America runs on Dunkin'.
5: Ready to take your Jenga skills to the next level? If you're an all-star at building towers and balancing blocks, then build up the competition in New Jenga Maker. Play in teams to finish first and claim the crown. Jenga and New Jenga Maker reach the top of your game. Each sold separately amazing he's talking about motorcycle insurance and people love it of course they love the savings they're going to get with geico but it goes beyond that
0: you deserve to save (laughs) heard that before you deserve to save i know i need you to hear me you deserve to save i deserve to save i mean he has a way of making you feel seen
3: bundle car and motorcycle insurance and save at geico.com
0: What's the biggest number you can think of?
5: A trillion, billion, zillion.
0: That's pretty big. How about you? Ten. Okay. How about you?
5: Infinity. Can you top that? Infinity and one.
0: Actually, we are looking for infinity plus infinity. Sorry. What about infinity times infinity? (laughs) It's not complicated. Bigger is better. And AT&T has the nation's largest 4G network.
1: Yesterday, you saw some of the pontification being played out on Capitol Hill from the left. You know who, by now anyway, Jamal Bowman is. He is a member of the squad, those far-left activists. He's from New York, and he decided he was going to delay the vote over the weekend when we were hustling in both the House and the Senate to get a continuing resolution passed so the government wouldn't default on its debt. They wanted there to be a default so they could put that in their quiver of arrows to shoot against Republicans. And Jamal Bowman, I don't know Mr. Bowman. I don't know him. I know him by reputation. I know he was elected by people in New York to go represent them in Congress. I also know before he became a politician, he was a high school principal. So I think because he was a high school principal, he knew pretty well what and how the emergency exit operation in a public building operate. Well, he decided to take advantage of his knowledge, and he decided he was going to purposely throw down on the floor some emergency exit-only signs and was going to pull the emergency lever, which he did, And he felt like that would empty out the Capitol building and they couldn't vote for a period of time. That would be the only excuse or reason he could do it. Of course, he had a different one. He said, quote, I always go through that door when I'm in a hurry. Now, put that excuse in the context of reality. There were two signs on stands In front of that door that say, I'm looking at the picture of it right now, emergency exit only. He pulled or pushed both of them to the floor and then pulled the lever. And he said he did that because he thought the door would open. He was a high school principal. How many fire drills did you live through when you were in junior high, elementary school, junior high, middle school, whatever you call it, and high school. These are the leaders of the free world, and they're doing that? And now, oh, you're even going to love this. Bowman is asking for help defending against Nazi Republican attacks and talking points sent to democrat colleagues in other words he's looking for help you know why because there's a motion been made to expel him from congress for doing what he did over the weekend but he's not the only one doing some controversial things in the house and the senate right now matt gates everybody knows him firebrand member of the house of representatives in congress he's a republican He filed a motion yesterday to remove Kevin McCarthy as Speaker of the House. Now, Gates had vowed to bring such a motion to vacate the chair, is what it's called, following Congress's rapid enactment of the new continuing resolution on Saturday used only to avoid a government shutdown, which was supported in the House by Democrats and moderate Republicans, but opposed by many of the GOP conservatives. Gates has argued that McCarthy's decision to accept Democrat support breached an agreement that they reached back in January, which led to Kevin McCarthy becoming speaker after 15 rounds of voting, as well as claimed that he engaged in a secret side deal with President Biden to fund Ukraine's war effort against Russia, which he and other House Republicans have opposed leading him this is matt gates to file a motion to vacate the chair yesterday i've got a little uh, a little section of it uh let me let you listen this is how it sounds when somebody makes a motion like this on the floor of the house
3: from what for what persons the, the does the gentleman from florida now seek recognition Mr. Speaker, pursuant to Clause 2A1 of Rule 9, I rise to give notice of my intent to raise a question of the privileges of the House. The gentleman will state the form of his resolution. Declaring the Office of Speaker of the House of Representatives to be vacant, resolved that the Office of Speaker of the House of Representatives is hereby declared to be vacant. Under Rule 9, a resolution offered from the floor by a member other than the majority leader or the minority leader as a question of the privileges of the House has immediate precedence only at a time designated by the chair within two legislative days after the resolution is properly noticed. Pending that designation, the form of the resolution noticed by the gentleman from Florida will appear in the record at this point. The chair will not at this point determine whether the resolution constitutes a question of privilege. That determination will be made at the time designated for consideration of the resolution. The chair will now continue with one minute speech.
1: If you've never heard how that works, you just heard the actual process. Now, under House Res 5, the rule package for this Congress, a motion to vacate the chair may be brought by just one member submitted as a privileged motion, it will then receive a final vote within 48 hours unless it's tabled by a majority of the whole House, which would permanently suspend further proceedings. Interesting, isn't it? It's unlikely McCarthy has enough votes to table the motion before it goes to a final vote, with all Democrats likely to support removing him. The House Republican Conference's majority of just four seats means that McCarthy can only afford to lose five votes to keep his job. Only five votes. At least one other Republican, Representative Eli Crane of Arizona, supports kicking McCarthy out of office. While several other House conservatives who voted against the CR have not yet given up publicly what their positions are. Crane and Gates' backing means McCarthy can only afford to lose three other House Republicans. Yeah, we don't have anything else to worry with. (laughs) So we've got to go down that road. Oh, my gosh. What kind of nation are we living in right now? What kind of nation and what kind of government do we have right now? Well, we've got Steve Baker on the phone. Steve, maybe you can define for us what kind of government do we have going on when all we do is worried about uh taking the house speakership away from Matt Gates.
3: <laughs> well, I can tell you what we don't have anymore. What's that? Well, we don't have what uh Franklin said we needed to uh keep if we could, you know, that republic if we could keep it.
1: And what was that he said we needed?
3: <laughs> yeah, well, there there was uh, a long list of things that we need, but that was the big <laughs> question. When he came when he came out of the consul, Constitutional Convention there, after it had been rat- signed and ratified, and he was asked, what kind of government are we going to have? And he said, a republic if you can keep it. And I don't think we're there any longer.
1: I, I can't imagine what, we could, we, we probably historically should come up with a name for this type of government that we have now, because I don't think anybody in our view a rearview mirror looking forward, would have put a name on
3: it, because they didn't think well, I, it would I ever can, turn into I can into tell this. you, I can tell you what it is. What is it? We were warned about it. Well, Madison, the author of the Constitution, Jefferson, who wrote the Declaration of Independence even the most progressive of our founders alexander hamilton and you go right down the list every single one of them warned us of what would happen if we became a democracy and what do current progressive leftists democrats whatever you want to call them what do they constantly say over and over and over and over again trump's, keep talking trump's about this trump is distor-
1: trump's call he's distorting he's ruining our democracy. He's anti-democratic. This nation was right. never a democracy. It was a representative republic.
3: And this is exactly what we have become. And this was this was planned. It's been planned for over a hundred years. It's why they started the process of dismantling the Republican not party, but the Republican form of government and turning it into more and more and more of a democracy more and more and more of a mob rule because a mob can be influenced shaped and bought off wow well
1: let me let me just Uh, let me just segue let me say this we have a whole bunch of people in south texas that are listening this morning i really don't know i don't normally go down the list and see where everybody's listening from, every once in a while I do, but I happen to notice in the Mission, Texas area, there's a bunch of Texans down there that are listening to this, and one thing I wanted to talk to you about was our problem at our southern border. Mm -hmm. I don't understand this. I've never been able to get my arms around it. The southern border is sacred. Every border is sacred, and laws are on the books, have been for many, many, many years. In fact, the latest spate of immigration laws were passed when Joe Biden was in leadership in the U.S. Senate. And it is illegal for any person to step one foot across the border without having a formal invitation to do so from the federal government. So with that in context, and with what I'm about to tell you, I'm pointing directly to these folks that are listening from down south. In two years, according to the Texas Department of Public Safety, there were 600,000 felonies committed against Texans by illegals in two years. Everything from first-degree murder down to breaking and entering. How in the big scheme of the law, the rule of law, a president that on January 21st, 2021 raised his hand and he promised and swore a an oath to protect and defend the Constitution and to abide by the rule of law to make sure everybody is held accountable for their illegality. In fact, one of the laws, the sister laws that go along with that one about any illegal stepping across is committing a crime. Anybody that suborns their doing so is also committing a crime. How could any person still be in office, any federal office, that is either doing it or allowing it to be done on their watch with no recourse for those who are breaking the law, I can't reconcile it, Steve.
3: Well, I can't reconcile it either. But as we were already talking about, it's all connected. What did I, I, I just said that a mob is easy to control? A mob is easy to be bought off. Their votes can be bought. That's what. That is the. That is the ultimate end of a democracy that's the ultimate and and we were warned our founders told us that a democracy leads to dictatorship and what's happening at the border right now is they're bringing in millions and millions more to add to that mob voter roll they're issuing them government ids they will be folded into the you know, the fabric of our our, our our society, they'll start showing up at the at the polling places and they'll start voting for the candidates who allowed them in and who are giving them twenty two hundred dollars a month of mine and your money. That's who they're gonna vote for. And they know that. They're buying off the mob right now, but they're also increasing the size of the mob. And you can't do that in a constitutional republic, but you can do that in this illegal form of a democracy that they're creating right now. And as I said, it's, it's all it's all connected. And, and the, 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 the frightening part, Dan, is that they're accelerating the plan right now.
1: I was asked yesterday a question about this by a friend of mine that said, what's going on, what can be done about it? And why is it happening? Of course, I very quickly explained what you just explained. And he said, well, why are the Democrats doing it? It's real simple. <laughs> the enrollment in the Democrat Party has been dwindling every year for the past 10 years. They are desperate to create a permanent ruling class. And this is the only way they can do it. And that also segues into why they are so desperate to, first of all, keep Donald Trump from even being on the ballot, but secondly, if he gets on the ballot, to keep him from running and being president again because of something that he said, I guess, two and a half years ago. He said he was about to start deporting every person in the nation illegally. And by the way, constitutionally, The law says when Congress passed it, when Joe Biden was in the Senate, that the law requires every person that steps across the border illegally be immediately deported back to the nation they came from. Mm -hmm. No qualms, just do it. That's what the law says. Trump less than 45 days ago said, if I get elected again, I'm going to turn into a deportation guru. And the left <laughs> is petrified. They're petrified because he's telling us he's going to abide by the rule of law. And then they just ramp up their screaming even louder, he's destroying our democracy. That's what he wants to yeah. do. Everything's flipped. Everything's flipped.
3: We had. A- yeah we had a quarter of a million illegals come across last month. I don't know if you saw the interview you know Elon Musk actually went down to the border and he was there um at Eagle Pass and he was interviewing the uh sheriffs down there. Did you see that interview
1: yeah, I did. It was
3: very and, uh it was very eye opening yeah and it was there was something that i it was a figure I had not heard before, but these sheriffs said. That even nine out of ten of those attempting to cross in do not qualify for um, uh, what, what's the the um, you know the protection under the law for you know for a form of amnesty or, or what's, parole. what
1: parole? It's called parole. Per, parole.
3: No, not parole. Uh, no, um, ah. I'm 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 having a brain fart right now, but you know what I'm saying. I'm trying to say the point being w- was when you can apply as a refugee from the company or from the country you're leaving because you believe you're in danger, and and the the, the sheriff himself said asylum, asylum. Thank yeah. you, thank you. I don't know why that word was escaping me, but asylum was nine out of ten do not qualify, but they are being forced by the federal government to ignore that most important part of the law and let them in anyway and they just have to turn them loose once they get across it's just even if they even if they're processed and of course we know that there are a very high percentage that are not never even processed that get across without ever encountering a border guard or agent of any kind but of those who are actually processed, it's just a catch and release program right now, even though they do not qualify for asylum. So it, it's, it, it is maddening. It is it's overt. We see it. And it goes right back to something that I've told you in a phrase that you and your audience have heard me say before. If the MSM, if CNN, New York Times, Washington Post, MSNBC don't say it, well, then it's not happening. And so we fully have half of this country, at least half of this country, that just believe it's not happening. We can tell them that a quarter of a million illegals crossed into our country last week. And we're only starting to see the cracks in that right now because you have the governor of New York in a panic saying, hey, we can't handle any more of this. Perhaps maybe the Biden administration needs to do something down there. <laughs> go, but, go, yeah. go figure.
1: You know, do the rule of law thing. Just do what the law says. And every one of you swore an oath that you were going to do if you got elected. Mm-hmm. Let me illustrate. How about to that, let me illustrate something to you. Yesterday, I said this at the top of the show when I was introducing, and I had, uh, I had Laura Ingram her opening segment last night explaining the ins and outs of that civil trial going on in D.C. Uh, excuse me, in New mm-hmm. York about Trump. I explained at that particular point what is happening is they are in a desperation mode they can't bear to think about what will happen if somebody that will really enforce the rule of law, really abide by a constitution, and really abide by an oath of office that they take gets in office, they can't even fathom the chaos that's going to erupt because anybody now that steps in office at any level, federal, state, local, it doesn't matter, Anybody that commits that they're going to take care of this illegal immigration problem, they're going to be pilloried at every way that they possibly can from the left. They're going to demonize anybody that simply wants to enforce the rule of law. And I think there are a lot of good people that would normally be interested in running for these offices that are looking at this. And they're saying, maybe quietly, maybe not even saying it, just thinking it, I don't want any part of that, because it's going to be suicide. I can't imagine the chaos that's going to erupt nationally if Trump gets reelected.
3: Well, <laughs> I, I would say that we already have a pretty good idea what will happen. Look what <laughs> happened the first time he was elected. Look what happened on his inauguration day of January 20th. 2017 on that inauguration day the rioters blm antifa and such almost burnt the city down yes they, they they went completely unhinged that night setting the city on fire cop cars on fire attacking the lighthouse destroying pushing through police barricades yeah, it sounded anything like maybe another day, a few, couple years later. <laughs> of course, and, they don't want to. They don't want
1: They don't want to talk about the inauguration
3: day in twenty seventeen. Well, but here, yes, but here's what happened: of those arrests that were made, and I think that I think I have the number right. There was something close to a thousand arrests made on that day or following uh, January twentieth, twenty seventeen. And what ended up happening is there were actual trials that took place. And the D.C. jury in those trials were either hung juries or they were acquitting the most violent. And, and it was the it was the actual D.C. prosecutors who were bringing the most violent and the most destructive of these um, uh, perpetrators to the first trials. And the, and they couldn't get an, They couldn't get a conviction. And so what they ended up doing is they ended up canceling all of the rest of the cases and then releasing those that were, they were holding and then dropping the charges against every single other defendant in that riot.
1: That would be contrast. That would be called mob rule.
3: This is exactly right. By contrast, the same jury pool, if you were a, Accidental tourist on January 6, a grandmother with cancer. They will convict you and put you in prison for two months or six or eight. Or if you weren't even in, in town, if you weren't even in the city that day, they'll put you in prison for 22 years. Same jury pool, same judges, same prosecutors.
1: Different justice system.
3: Completely 180 degree different justice system
1: what does this remind you of in history you know i i we we both from louisiana when we were in high school they taught us history and we learned about stuff <laughs> we're supposed to have learned about stuff but when you look back in world history what did that what what we're looking at now play out and i'm talking about you and i that can see inside some places where a lot of people don't have access just because of our media contacts but what are you thinking and seeing this may possibly compare to historically? And I'm throwing you a a curveball because we didn't discuss this, but I just want you to tell me what you think off the top
3: of your head. Well, I'm, I'm forgetting, I'm forgetting the Russian word for it right now, but there is a Russian word for the Stalinist uh, show trials that took place. Yeah. And, uh, and and that is the most obvious comparison that comes to my mind. And that's because of my own historical uh, research and my fascination with Russian history and the fact that I've been to the whole Soviet Union a couple of times. And that uh, that comparison is the first thing that immediately leaps to my mind when I see what's happening in D.C. right now. And of course, unfortunately, it's not only happening in D.C. The uh, the long march through the institutions has been very successful by the progressive left, and they've basically ac- accomplished that in in even the most red of states. They're dealing with that same problem in their court systems. Uh, we have a few oases left of reasonable uh, jurist judges. That will rule uh, according to the Constitution, but uh, it's 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 a it's a crapshoot now. It doesn't matter whether it's a just a civil case you have uh, related to your business, or if it's a criminal case. It's a crapshoot now about what those what those courts will even allow into evidence any longer because they are shaping they're shaping all of these trials now uh, nationwide, not just at the federal level and not just in D.C.
1: And so what's happening in these cases, there's one particular one down in Atlanta. The first one of those charged with Donald Trump is a guy, and he pled guilty yesterday. And he said he pled guilty because he looked at the landscape of what's going on in courts around the nation, and he didn't feel like he would get a fair trial. Or maybe he would, but maybe he wouldn't. And he didn't want to go through that, so he cut a deal and pled guilty. The rule of law Mm -hmm. has been turned upside down by what's going on in our nation and what's being allowed to happen in these courtrooms and not happen in these courtrooms because of judiciary interference with the rule of law in court cases. And people are waking up and people are getting afraid of our government because of heavy-handed, top-down pontification that has nothing to do with law but it has to do with the ruling class who's in charge who has the power and of course now it's a democrat party
3: did you happen to see my first tweet of this morning you, well, I don't even know if we do we still call it a tweet now that it's called X I, I, uh, can't, I
1: can't bring myself to call it did you see an X I'm still saying <laughs> I'm still saying
3: it's tweets yeah
1: I did see it I was already on the air and of course, when I get a message from you, it's important. I immediately opened it <laughs> up, but I did see it.
3: My first message this morning is right in line with what we're talking about. It said, I'll just read it to the audience real quickly. I said it's time for everyone at the Department of Justice and at the FBI who have knowledge of the subornation of perjury from witnesses in the January 6 trials to come forward, seek whistleblower protection, help us preserve our republic, defend the Constitution, and return our nation to the rule of law. And I had no idea what you were going to <laughs> open our discussion with today, but that was right in <laughs> line. Well, you know, great minds think alike, they say, but today's uh, today's the big day, Dan.
1: <laughs> yeah, and so let's, here's the segue. You, uh, you published a story, or Blaze Network uh, published a story, your story, And uh, it is part one of your January 6th legal saga. And I, for Mm -hmm. one, even though I've heard it from you, we've been together enough one-on-one, I've heard the whole story. Um, I learned stuff in part one when I read it that I didn't know about. But this is really important for everybody to hear. And I've already talked about it on the air at the beginning of the show today. But it's on the front page today at truthnewsnet.org. Uh, it's Steve going through the minutiae of what happened in his experience on January 6th and at least up to the beginning of part two. And when is part two coming out?
3: Uh, part two will come out after I've had a couple of nights of actual sleep. Um, <laughs> uh, because because what's inter- what's interrupting sleep right now is before we roll out part two, we are about to roll out the big story that okay, I told you okay. for weeks and weeks and weeks now that is coming, and we believe uh, if everything goes exactly as it's supposed to go today with the team, we have a team of editors. I don't just have one editor looking at this. <laughs> uh, there's three different editors examining. And going through this, obviously, some of this is going to have to be cleared by legal. Uh, we're getting permission from uh, congressional staffers for the images and videos that we're using. We have all of the, we have everything in hand now. Everything has been handed over to us. I got the last batch of videos just on Sunday uh, from Congress, and we are now prepared to, at the very least today. I think maybe later this afternoon we will have a press release that will actually go out. Uh, it'll be, of course, available on social media, all the, all the sites, I'll send you a link to it. Uh, it'll be, uh, of course, sent out to media uh, agencies all over the country. And it will be announcing the story, which we hope then, with the full written version of the story with screenshots from the Capitol CCTV camera videos will be released tomorrow and then we'll do we'll have a you know a produced video show at some point shortly thereafter uh we're we're moving quickly on this. Um, and uh, the reason why is, is because we've been teasing it too long. <laughs> and it's time, it, it, you know, I, if, if I had my, my wishes and my druthers, we would start with the big video production, the high, you know, high tech, AV, the, you know, standing in front of a screen and showing people what happened and with the documents and the videos and all of the all of the research that I've been doing uh, for a year now. But I will tell you this, Dan, this is very, uh, very interesting. Uh, you You know, I'm not going to say it's divinely timed, but I I can't help but think about things like this when this happens. But it was one year ago today, October 3rd of 2022, I was sitting in, can you believe it's been a year since that first Oakeepers trial? No,
1: no, it doesn't seem possible.
3: It seems like last week to me because that's been my obsession since then. But one year ago today, October 3rd, that courtroom was opened, and I went down to the media room, was getting prepared, and before the jury was brought in, and after Judge Nada entered the room, then suddenly the lead prosecutor, Jeffrey Nessler, went to the lectern, and he addressed the court, and he warned the court that somebody, another attorney, not in that particular involved in that particular trial was about to release to the public a set of documents that were still under court seal meaning that they were under the court's protective order and therefore not supposed to be revealed to the public and Judge Mehta went ballistic in this particular scenario and he not only warned the actual attorneys in this trial, representing those five defendants, that they better not have a part in that. They better not have a hand in that. But he then did something very, very unusual. Judge Maida addressed the media pool down in the media room where I was sitting. And he told us to tweet out and warn that other attorney, that if he released those documents to the public, that he would have him in contempt and he would have his butt in jail. And Mada put a chill, and this was at the very, this was the first week of the trial. Mada threw a chilling, frosty, wet blanket over that defense team, letting them know, don't you dare get out of line in this trial. And when I saw that happen, and I saw MADA take the very unusual even the even the, the people in the media room were taken aback by that. Some of them giggled, some of them were like, Wow, you know, never had that happen before. And having a judge instruct the media pool to send out a warning? Can you imagine that?
1: Well he doesn't have authority and, to he doesn't have authority to enforce that. He could say
3: it. Well of course he does. Of course he doesn't. But he also has you know, look, the MSM when, of course, ninety eight percent of the journalists in there are part of the part of the Praetorian Guard for the sure. administration. Yeah, he was just and, talking and to so, he
1: was talking to the uh,
3: uh, the friendlies when he said that. Yeah, well, the, to, to the to the mouthpiece. Yeah, uh, mouthpieces of of their narrative, and and so when he did that, I immediately knew something was wrong. I went, What, what is this? There's something going on here that needs to be looked at. Well, uh, obviously, the MSM, they showed no curiosity as to what those documents might contain, but I did. And that led me on a one-year investigation that I have committed probably 80% of my time in the last 12 months, one year ago today since that instance or that event happened in the courtroom to what we're about to start rolling out this week wow
1: doesn't seem like it's a year and doesn't
3: uh, doesn't feel like it at all
1: well i've i've been down this this road with you and there are still a lot of moving parts many of you haven't even been able to share with me uh i appreciate i want to say this and then i've got one thought i want to give you uh i really appreciate you coming in here every week our audience really looks forward to hearing what you have to say and you know why? Because this is the only place they're hearing it. They get little bits and pieces some places. When you've been okay. on Glenn's show, Glenn Beck's show, a couple of times that I've uh, I've heard it live, I've also got the recorded version, um, mm-hmm. it's, it shocked me more than anything and I've always been a big Glenn Beck fan Uh, when he was still on Fox News I really liked what he did and he was a little too factual and uh, really dug in a little bit too much for even Fox News when they parted ways but I heard him express his shock when you said some of the stuff that you had told us months before you'd written it we had it on this show And he was shocked to even hear about it like he'd never heard about it before. That should scare every American to death, that facts don't necessarily get out the way they should get out because the media is not telling everything they have. And this is a big, big change. For the blaze, even you the blaze. You think
3: about that. There's something you said is really important right there and, and people should understand this. I, I'm actually standing in, in, in the in the. Blaze headquarters right now. It's called Mercury One Studios. It's a massive complex. It's the former Paramount studio lot. There's dozens of radio and television sound stages and studios inside this building. And, you, and, and ironically, despite the fact that I'm in this, this building with all these great studios, I'm talking to you on my phone right now. <laughs> Instead of <laughs> from one of the studios. Yeah. But, but nevertheless, but nevertheless, I uh, every single morning or overnight, Glenn has a team of people doing show prep, and they put together, as he as he likes to uh, describe it, anywhere from you know fifty to seventy-five different stories. Of course, he can't cover that many stories every morning on his three-hour radio program. So when they come together early in the morning and they start looking in and they submit that to him and he starts going through it all, then he has to pick the three or four, half a dozen of the, what he feels like in his gut are the most important things to cover that day out of these 50 or 75 stories. And so a guy as well-informed, and this is my point where I'm headed with this, this guy as well-informed as he is with an entire team of researchers, Helping him put together that show every day. Not only that, but the other shows that he does. When I told him what was happening in that courtroom in D.C., his, the CEO of Blaze Media came up about an hour later. I was up in a conference room, and he walked up to me, and this was the first time that I had met him, uh, the, the CEO. And he said, and he looked at me, he said, you scared me to death today. And I said, oh, sorry. And he goes, No, he said, I just didn't know. And he said, I think you scared the life out of Glenn, too. And and it's not it's not an issue of me having something that you know nobody else in the world has. It is it is how segmented and isolated and how controlled that which is coming out of DC is. And somebody asked me the other day, they said, Are you going to have to move to D.C.? And I said, Oh, no, 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 no. I am never relocating to D.C. (laughs) Uh, I said, I live in Raleigh, North Carolina, the four hour drive away. That's close enough for government work. (laughs) All right? And, you know, uh, that's it. But but they, you know, for the time being, Blaze needs me close to D.C. so that I can make that incursion in there and go behind enemy lines. And bring back this information because you're not getting it from the news services that have their headquarters there and that that have, you know, giant agencies there and have people crawling all over the Capitol, crawling all over the White House, crawling all over uh, the courthouses. You're not getting the story from them. They're just not telling it. They they tell half of it. They leave the other half out.
1: You know, what shocked me was when uh, you met with my congressman who's on this show. He's, he's been on it the last week and will be on next week, Mike Johnson. And uh, mm-hmm. you came over here and met with him and somebody that's really heavily into leadership in the Republican Party in the House of Representatives from Ohio. And you began to tell him the things that we already had here. We had published it. You had been on our show talking about it, and they were aghast. They couldn't believe the stuff that you were telling them.
3: And they're there. They are there. Yes, they li- They're 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 in the swamp, and they don't know what's happening. That's it's,
1: scary. It's, That's scary. It is.
3: It's it's fr- it's frightening. But you know what? Uh, it, it's not just me. There's some good people doing great work out there, and and we're uh, we're we're clawing. Uh, for the truth and we're digging it up and we're about to roll out some of it today, Dan.
1: Well, I can't wait for more. You know me, I'm a news junkie just like you are. Uh, I've still got that thing within me. When I hear something, I've got to go, nah, there must be something else to it. And I dig in and I can't wait for part two of the story we published today. The story about your January 6th legal saga but the big one, the big kahuna, the big banana, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> I cannot wait for that to come out. And then, uh, by the way, a message from somebody who loves you, too. Uh, when you leave Dallas-Fort Worth and head back to North Carolina, you better bring your butt by the TNN Live Studios because you've missed three <laughs> Three, count them, three pans oh, no. of homemade cinnamon rolls thinking <laughs> you might be coming on that particular day. You better make a sure. stop here on the way through. Uh.
3: Well I will I I'll tell you this. I will promise you I will make a stop. It just may not be on a Tuesday. So have that uh <laughs> oh, get yeah. that oven ready to fire up on an alternate day if needed. Absolutely,
1: and we can switch I know the guy that owns this network, we can switch the days <laughs> that you're that you're on the air. Any day. You know you're welcome here. What can you do? before you get away, can you give us a tidbit, just a nugget coming out of the big Big story, without getting
3: in trouble. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to tell you uh, a, a little bit more than we've given out so far. Um, we're 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 teasing this now on the um, the Blaze uh, Network shows. I I teased with more information last night on Stu Bergier's show last night than we have. I invite everybody to go to YouTube and look up Stu Does America, and and they can see that. But. The the reality is is what we have discovered is we have discovered within the government itself the suborning of perjury of witnesses in these trials at the highest levels. And this is coming straight from the Department of Justice, the FBI, and I'll just say for now, others. And that there is a creation of evidence that didn't exist. There is the manipulation of witnesses into telling stories about things that could not have happened. And because of access that we've been given to cameras that heretofore were not even available to the defense teams in these trials in order to build the discovery necessary to defend their clients we've discovered evidence of this manipulation of evidence and and also of supporting a perjury uh, for witnesses testimonies against these defendants
1: wow and that's going to be included all of that in the story
3: yep it's
1: coming Well, one thing that I I need to make a note here of, I'm not a big speaker Kevin McCarthy fan, nor are you, but let me say this. The video that this comes from that you spent hours and hours and hours viewing and then going back and editing pieces that you got out of it, putting this all together, would not be available to the people that have already seen it. If it wasn't, For the House winning the majority and Kevin McCarthy, the speaker, opening the door and letting you and several others get in there to show this. So no matter what you think about Kevin McCarthy, he's the one that made this happen. That's a really big deal. And you know what? Some of the trouble he's in right now, I think, may be some fallout from him opening the door that he
3: opened for you and the other folks. I have been, and I told Stu this last night on the air, is that I have been as vocal a critic of McCarthy, Jordan, etc., as I could possibly be, uh, particularly related to January 6th issues. I was very happy when McCarthy said that he was going to release all of that 41,000 hours worth of video to the public, and then he pulled back, and he pulled back that promise and said, oh, we got security concerns, blah, 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 blah. And then uh, he allowed Tucker exclusive access well I'm, I was happy for that but obviously nobody was happy that only one media source one voice was going to get access and certainly one person in his entire team could not possibly look at 41,000 hours worth of, of footage and and then he I got I got lucky I was one of the ones who was granted access so obviously I'm thankful for that. And, it, and, it, and it's hard uh, to not uh, give that credit where credit is due because access was being granted. And that access, I will just tell everybody, is coming through the oversight committee. And as a result of that access, I, I, I knew what I was looking for because, as I said earlier, that I saw what I saw one year ago today on October 3rd in that trial. I already knew exactly where I was focused. I'd been researching it for months prior to my access being granted. And and so when I got in there, then that story blew up and became even bigger, much bigger than what I ever anticipated. And I told Stu last night, despite my criticism of the GOP, certain leaders in particular, I am very thankful and you're exactly right. But I did say this, Despite how I feel about some of those guys, some of their underlings are the real champions and yes, have made yes. this available. Yeah, and I will tell you. And I will tell you this: lower-level people. One of them, in particular, I will never identify him, but I will tell you that he told me this uh, just this weekend, and this is the quote: He said that he was going to override some of the security. Protocols for some of the video that I had requested. And he, this is an exact quote, he said, I believe that the public interest outweighs the security concerns. And I got the video.
1: You do realize that when this happens, if you're not already, and I think you, I know, I don't think, I know you already are, in the bullseye of the DOJ. It's only going to get more intense. You're not Donald Trump. Well, You're not Donald Trump.
3: No. but no, you I, can, don't, have a, I you, don't have a secret service detail around that.
1: <laughs> you can look at what has been happening to Donald Trump. And is happening now. And what they want to do with him. And maybe on a lower scale. Maybe on the same scale. When this starts coming out and it's factual, it's uncontroverted, and they can't just wave their magic wand and make it go away. You better be careful, buddy.
3: Well, first of all, your audience needs to know that I did not Epstein myself. (laughs) I I, I am not going to get Clintonized. (laughs) Uh, Uh, Arkansided, as they say. Or Uh, suicided.
1: You're not going to die from suicided Meaning somebody no, helped not, you kill yourself. Right.
3: That, that That is not going to happen. And I will tell you additionally that I I really, and, and Stu even asked me that last night on the air as well. He he asked me if I was concerned and if I was scared. And the, the reality is, Dan, I'm only fearful to the extent that they can take away my freedom. Yeah. Because they can do that. Yeah. They cannot take my soul. They cannot take my mind. They cannot take my voice unless they, you know, put me in a dungeon and gag order me. Um, but the only concern I have is what escalation they may uh, initiate in their uh, investigations and attempted prosecution of me. But in terms of the story, in terms of the truth getting out there, that's happening regardless. They can't stop that now. That That is happening. We have our... Dead switches set up. Uh, this store, this my notes, the video, or it's in multiple hands now. It's on multiple machines, multiple hard drives. This is coming out, and they can't, they can't stop it. And so, I, I don't think that you know I have to worry about being Clintonized or Arkencided, um because that's that that's just a uh, that'd be too big of a loose end for them. <laughs> so I'm not worried about that. Uh, I just you know I I I think because this is what they do. And this is what Stalin Stalinists do is they do put people away and uh, uh, they put them in a gulag. And so um, if that happens, I'll, uh, <laughs> well, as my attorney told me a couple of weeks ago, he said, hey, he said, he said, look, it's not absolutely the worst thing that can happen to you. And he said, what you'll become is you'll become our soldier if you have to, he said, just look at it in those terms. And I said, well, I would never put myself in that company, but thank you, and and certainly that would ha- would be how I would spend my time.
1: Wow. Well, a lot of things I could say about you, but I'm not going to say any more other than this. I'm going to pray for you right now. Father, we thank you for Steve. We thank you for him shining the light on things that others have been afraid of or they purposely hid from the American people. Steve is your servant. He's doing a task that is necessary to keep this country on the right path. And many would feel, and I'm one of them, we're off the path and we need to get back on the path, but we can't do it without the facts that people like Steve Baker are bringing to us. I pray for his protection. I pray for wisdom and discernment. It's very important that he understands in the business with the people he's interacting with every day. Discernment is more important in his life today than it ever has been. Protect him from the villains, from those that are evil, that want to take advantage of him or want to get rid of him. Many of who would probably be committed to do whatever it takes. Protect him. Keep his eyes fixed on you, knowing that what is good is only going to come from the throne in heaven. I thank you again for Steve. In your name we pray. Amen.
5: Amen. Thank you, Dan.
1: Buddy, I told you this yesterday. You're my hero. And we will talk soon. Keep me posted.
3: Yeah. All right, buddy. We'll do it. Okay. Thank you, Dan, so much.
1: As usual, Steve Baker. He's my hero, and I mean that sincerely. Pray for him when you think of him. It can only do every one of us some good.
3: Brian, open the door, please. Hey, Dad. Your music is as loud as a jet engine. But, Dad,
4: a jet engine can reach 140 decibels. Well, yes. Well, the loudest commercial speaker is about 97 decibels. Uh, uh Uh-huh. So, you see, the comparison is flawed. Yeah,
5: but... Nice talk, Dad.
0: Teens will be teens, but one smart teenager will be a Jeopardy! champ. The $100,000 Jeopardy! Teen Tournament starts Wednesday. The following is an important, time-insensitive announcement from Staples. Now, for an unlimited time only, Staples is drastically cutting their everyday prices on hundreds of products your business needs. That's right. The clock is not ticking. What? Crawl or lullagag to Staples, and you will not miss this opportunity. These are everyday price cuts. Take a four-pack of double A Duracell batteries was four seventy-nine, now just two ninety-nine. Budweiser presents the world's first star in your own radio commercial. Okay, guys, whenever you hear this sound, insert your name.
4: Hi there. Your name. Sorry I'm late. Sometimes there just aren't enough hours in the day to be a neurosurgeon and a swimwear model. Oh, am I thirsty. How about it? Your name. Got anything tall and cool? Oh, Budweiser long necks, though. Your name. You are so thoughtful. But of course, Bud's the first choice for every occasion Ah, you know I have a confession to make If I ever had a son, I'd want to name him
5: Your name Oh, your name Come here, now Mm.
0: Your name, your name, your name Well, you did very well in your first commercial Have a Bud, you've earned it name.
5: Anheuser-Busch,
0: St. Louis, Missouri. CBS, NBC, ABC, MSNBC, CNN. An alphabet soup of lies, myths, and disinformation. For real nutrition, you need a full plate of truth. TNN, the Truth News Network.
1: Once again, I want to remind you, Steve, late last night, was published, a story was published at the Blaze Network. He sent it to me. We published it at the same time. It's on the front page of our website, truthnewsnet.org. That's truthnewsnet.org. And the title of it is Commentary, My January 6th Legal Saga. (laughs) And his legal saga, as you heard if you listened through that segment of the show, it's way, way, way away from being resolved. Part two of the story will come out shortly. And the big banana, the big one, the big expose, looks like it's going to come out tomorrow, hopefully. We also will have that exclusive right to it along with the Blaze Network for a while. So stay tuned for that. Something else happening in Washington, D.C. There are so many moving parts they try to keep things hidden from us, and they're successful many times because there are so many things going on. This just popped up overnight. U.S. Attorney for D.C. Matthew Graves is expected to testify today before the House Judiciary Committee about his role in the DOJ probe into Hunter Biden's taxes and firearms possession. IRS whistleblower Gary Shapley, you remember this? In his testimony before the same committee, he accused Graves of refusing to partner with Delaware U.S. Attorney David Weiss, who's the lead prosecutor on the Hunter Biden investigation, for potentially charging Hunter Biden in Graves' district. Graves reported, purported, refusal to cooperate, allowed the statute of limitations to expire for Hunter's alleged tax offenses, in 2014 and 2015. That was testified by Shapley and IRS whistleblower Joseph Ziegler. However, I would later be told by U.S. Attorney Weiss that the D.C. U.S. Attorney would not allow U.S. Attorney Weiss to charge those years in his district. That was testimony by Gary Shapley. This resulted in U.S. Attorney Weiss requesting special counsel authority from Maine DOJ to charge in the District of Columbia. That process meant no charges would ever be brought in the District of Columbia where the statute of limitations on the 2014 and 2015 charges would eventually expire. The years in question included foreign income from Burisma, and a scheme to evade his income taxes through a partnership with a convicted felon. There were also potential FARA—that's foreign um, foreign actor-related status—that you're doing business on behalf of a foreign country. There were some potential FARA issues relating to 2014 and 2015. The purposeful exclusion of the 2014 and 2015 years sanitized the most substantive criminal conduct, and it concealed material facts. Shapley's attorneys have shared an email and some handwritten notes that Shapley took from an October 7, 2022 meeting where David Weiss allegedly said he didn't have final charging authority and that Graves refused to cooperate with him. Weiss also said in the meeting that the DOJ denied his request special counsel authority according to Shapley. Shapley's testimony about Graves and Biden appointed U.S. attorney for the Central District of California that's E. Martin Estrada allegedly refusing to collaborate with Weiss has been corroborated by an FBI agent on the Hunter Biden case as well as another IRS official. Even the New York Times has confirmed Shapley's allegations that Estrada refused to work with Weiss. Weiss denied Shapley's accusations in a July letter to Republican South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham. Joe Biden nominated Graves to his position. He was appointed November of 2021, according to his official biography. Graves donated To Joe Biden worked as an unpaid policy advisor to Joe Biden's 2020 presidential campaign when he was still in the private sector. I am a member of the Democrat Party. I was a member of the domestic policy committee for the Biden campaign from May of 2020 through the election. That role did not progress beyond receiving periodic email updates from the committee. The role was unpaid. Graves told the Senate Judiciary Committee all of that in a questionnaire. So Merrick Garland testified before the same committee, the House Judiciary Committee, September 20th, and said Graves and Estrada could refuse to partner with Weiss on charging Hunter. Garland also said Weiss could have requested additional authority under Section 515, and it would have been approved. Garland appointed Weiss special counsel in August to continue investigating the Hunter Biden case. Weiss withdrew Hunter's two tax misdemeanors in Delaware to potentially charge him in D.C. or the Central District of California following the collapse of Hunter's guilty plea agreement. Hunter was indicted on the 14th of last month on three counts related to to his October 2018 purchase of a Colt Cobra revolver while he was allegedly addicted to crack cocaine. Allegedly is not an applicable word because Hunter has put out videos that a bunch of people have seen him smoking crack and he admitted that he was an addict. He's scheduled to appear in Delaware court today where he's expected to plead not guilty to those gun charges. This is all happening while the House Ways and Means Judiciary and Oversight Committees continue looking in the IRS whistleblower allegations alongside House Oversight's probe and Hunter's foreign business dealings. Now, let me just do an aside here. I don't want to end the day without giving you something that has been burning in my heart and my brain, and I haven't shared it yet. All of this, all of this that we have been hearing, every bit of it has little or nothing to do directly with the president. Now, why is that important? Well, it's because conventional wisdom says very plainly Joe Biden, when he was vice president, even maybe before he was vice president, when he was still in the U.S. Senate, he has always been able to work in circles exerting his influence. He's been a very influential politician his entire career. He's always been able to work things into a position that's good for him. And of course, in Hunter Biden's case, good for Hunter. But what is missing now From this impeachment inquiry, what is missing has got to be initiated quickly because you're losing folks in D.C., Republicans up there. You're losing the American people because there has been no evidence, hard evidence, that ties the president of the United States to all of what's going on and being reported. That is a critical thing that must be corrected. Please, please, get the evidence and reveal it as quickly as you can and get it confirmed to the American people. Because there are a lot of people out there that are shaking their head now saying, what's taking so long? In fact, most Americans believe there is something that is real about corruption and potential bribery on the part of Joe Biden. Well, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for joining us every day. Make sure you read that article by Steve Baker at truthnewsnet.org. We will see you tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Thank you for joining us at TNN Live.
5: I'm A movie i or maybe even a Indian cheer. working At the car wash Working at the car wash, yeah Come on and sing it with me Car wash Sing it with the feeling of Car wash, yeah Woo! Come some of the work gets kinda hard And this ain't no place to be If you do planned on being a star Let me tell you, it's always cool And the boss don't mind sometimes if you're at the food At the car wash Talking about the car Car wash, yeah yeah. Come on, y'all, and sing it for me Car wash Car wash, yeah Work and work Well, those cars never seem to stop coming Work Keep those bags and machines humming Work and work, man.